You're listening to a sermon from New Hill Church. We pray that this message helps you to put Jesus into perspective. If you have questions about a relationship with Jesus or about this sermon, please email us at engage at newhilloh.com. Thank you, Michelle. Church, that's God's word for us this morning. Let's be in an attitude of prayer. Father, as we uh, come to this text this morning, we truly come to you praying for um, a heart and mind of understanding, ears to hear and eyes to see what you would have for us, not what we would have for ourselves. I pray um, particularly with this idea of connection um, that we don't see it as just um, a worldly thing where we connect with one another and we're connected and uh, plugged in in a variety of ways in life, but we actually see Um, that we were designed, um, intentionally designed for connection with one another and with you. And I pray that we would live that out. We would be changed because of your word this morning. I pray that you would remove my words and your words would go forth and penetrate the hearts of every person here, um, me being the first to receive this message. I pray that you would just um, speak to me um, and speak to each and every one of us. Move in a mighty way, uh, dear Lord, by your spirit who dwells inside of those who believe. Um, and sanctify us in truth, which is your word. We love you and praise you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So again, this, this idea, this theme of, of family um, really shows us, even in the trials, maybe we're, as I mentioned before, maybe this is a reason you struggle um, enjoying the holiday season, and it's because we, we long for the, uh, these connections, even if you're an introvert, and we'll get to that in just a little bit, but um, the point I want to look at this morning is that we were created for connection. That's the main point. We were created for connection. There's no other way to get around this, especially for you uh, introverts who who like to just kind of hang out in your shell, because connection is good. It's the way that God designed us. It's actually because of the fall that we we kind of feel like we want to be isolated, or it's because of the fall that we hate feeling isolated, right? If you're an extrovert, you're like, I I can't stand the season we've been in since March. I do not like feeling disconnected from my church family, from my uh, biological family, from uh, my parents or guardians, whoever it may be, your friends, um, the world, Starbucks for me. Like I just feel like, for me, I feel so disconnected. Aubrey uh, was asking me about some of the folks that we would often see at Starbucks. I'm like, man, I, I do feel like super disconnected from those, uh, those guys that I haven't seen in forever. Um, it, it's just unnatural. It's, it's opposite of God's design to be um, disconnected because we were created for connection. So the, the question I, I just want to think about with that main point this morning is how are you, how are we connecting with God and with our church? How are we connecting with God and with our church family? That's something that we really need to, to begin to think about because that is the ultimate call is that we are to be connecting with God and with our church family. We are to connect with everyone, right? We're supposed to go out and connect with the world, not be of the world, but be in the world and, and go and share the gospel. But it's really difficult to do that when we try and do it alone, right? Because we were meant for connection. We were created for that. So two points I just want to just drive home to, to, to understand that we were created for connection is fellowship and fullness. Fellowship will be like a two-part point. We'll talk about fellowship with people and fellowship with God, um, but those two points are fellowship and fullness, and we'll start out here in fellowship. Is that we were indeed created for fellowship or connection as the main point states. Genesis gives us an account of this, right? When we read the very um, account of creation in Genesis, we see that God's very own words, not man's words, God's words, says that it was not good for man to be alone, so what did God do? 
He created a helpmate, a companion, if you will. Right? He did not see it good for man to be alone. Man had God, but he didn't see it good in his perfect design for us to be alone. So we were created for fellowship. We were created for connection. It is a part of God's intentional design, which we talked about last week, that God designed us. Um, it was by God we were created and for God we were created. He designed us to enjoy and partake, particularly in fellowship. So when we start to break it down, like God created us um, and He created us for Himself, but He also created us for fellowship. And to the person here who struggles this morning getting into the mix uh, with, with people and fellowshipping, uh, the introvert here this morning, God wants you to combat that. He wants you to overcome that. That doesn't mean that there's some um, deficiency in yourself. It does mean that you need to overcome it because God designed you to be a part of fellowship. That doesn't mean that you have to be in conversation with somebody 24-7. It doesn't mean that you need to start a talk show, right? But you do need to be in biblical fellowship because you were created for that. That's how we do life together. And it's in doing life together that we bear one another's burdens. We, we uh, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So when we're not a part of that, um, even the introvert begins to feel isolated. Right? So if, if we could, I'm just going to read these first two verses again for us. In 1 John 1, verses 1 and 2, "...that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen..." with our eyes which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and made manifest to us. So what we here, have here is the apostolic age, right? The, where the apostles are giving us first-hand accounts of the things that Jesus did and the things that Jesus said. And as they were inspired and, and God breathed the Word for them to, to write down, we have that in our Bibles. The God-breathed, God-inspired Word that He helped the apostles pin down. And the apostolic age is one of the most greatest of importances to us. It's of great importance. Why? Because the apostles were handing down accounts of God's Word and the events that transpired before their eyes for our good and for the glory of God. See, John writes that what they, that which they had seen and that which they had heard, they, as they were passing it down to believers of all times, believers all the way down the road, the things that they saw, they were passing it down. How many of you all see something really cool and just like don't tell anybody about it, right? Like I'm from West Virginia, we don't see bald eagles, right? We see like a lot of things in West Virginia. Um, one of the things that uh, went viral for a little while, and by viral I mean like friends from high school shared it, and it was like viral, uh, West Virginia viral. But it should have gone super viral. Maybe you all have seen it. But this uh, like 94 Toyota Camry or Corolla had a full-size basketball hoop on top of the car. I guess maybe Facebook Marketplace, they had seen it, but they, yeah, Pat's like, yep, been there, done that. Me too, I put a futon in my car and you do what you can. But someone took a picture of this and they were like, this is too good not to share. Just like if you see a bald eagle up at Lake Medina, you're probably going to try and take a picture or you're going to call somebody. I always call my dad, just like tell him like, like little cool things like that are happening in life, I'll like call him and be like, "Yeah, Dad, like I just saw like a you know a cardinal," and he's like, "We have cardinals all around here." I'm like, "Yeah, but I just saw one. Like it was like in my yard and it was eating um, my fruit and everything." He's like, "Well, you shouldn't let it eat your fruit. How are you going to eat your fruit if it's eating your?" Fruit? And I'm like, "I don't know. I was calling you to like let you know I saw something cool." 
Anyways, so John is letting us know the, the coolest thing that ever happened, and that's our Savior came, He lived, He walked, and He breathed, and He paid the price for the church. He died for those who would believe, and John is telling us that that which we have seen, that which we have heard, that we have touched, we proclaim to you. And as I read these two verses, thinking about how like envious I get of, of John, that he got to live and walk and breathe and see all of these things. Like how cool that would have been. But we get to read about it. We get to celebrate. We get a better, more full understanding of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, having seen it all play out, being a couple thousand years removed. See, John is sharing the fact that he and the other apostles did get to experience it. But... There's a reason he's telling us that he got to see these things. There's a reason he's writing these things. And what is that reason? We don't have to be like uh, biblical scholars to figure this out, right? He tells us. He says, That which we have seen and proclaimed to you, so that you too may have fellowship. You too may have fellowship. We church would have fellowship with the apostles, with the church across all time. That, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, verse 3, so that you too may have fellowship with us that which we have seen heard we proclaim so that we would be connected see let this sink in church that we are connected to all believers across all time by the redemptive work of Jesus Christ John is sharing that which started from the beginning, part of what we broke by the fall of the world. That we are now not only in fellowship with those around us this morning, but we are a part of our church family across all time. See, this is our, our local church family, but the universal church across all time, we are connected to by the blood of Jesus. That's the way that God designed us, and He's restoring that. One of the coolest narratives of, of the bible to me that that we get to see and see it played out is that god does not go back on his plan god does not give up on his plan like how many projects do we start that we're just like i give up on it or i'll come back to it god didn't quit god didn't give up god didn't have to do a different route or figure out a new thing it has always been god's plan to save his people by the blood of his son the sacrifice of jesus christ on the cross and god has not given up on that he's restoring it He's taken what we broke and He's fixing it. He is making all things new. I don't know about you all, but to me, that's, that's absolutely amazing, right? Like, I, I don't like to fix my own mess sometimes, let alone other people's messes. Amen? Come on, amen? Like, unless if you all like fixing other people's messes, I got plenty of jobs for you all to do around here. I've made plenty of messes in this building, at my home, so. If you all like cleaning up other people's messes, I can give you jobs to do. See, a fault that we can lean into here would be that we are only connected to the apostles. There's actually a study I'd done on this that said that we're connected to the apostles through this, and John's saying that we're just connected to him. But what we actually understand through all of Scripture is that we're connected to every believer across all time because of what Jesus did. Let's talk about some verses that talk about our connection, our fellowship with one another, which we were created for. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. How do we bear one another's burdens without the fellowship of the saints? How do we care for the needs of others without doing life with others? How do we do those things apart from one another? 
Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And one of the most famous passages on the church is from Acts 2, and verse 42 in Acts 2 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They devoted themselves. See, this is a, a beautiful passage because it tells us that, that we don't have to do all kinds of fancy things. We can, we can stay um, up to date as far as like maybe the way our building looks, but we, the church, should be devoting ourselves to the Word of God and to doing life together because we were created for that. We were created for connection through the fellowship of one another. Enjoying and partaking in that fellowship even when we don't want to. devoted themselves understanding that it may be difficult for some of us this morning look there's seasons even for the extrovert right where where we just kind of hit this point where it's like i just like could go a week right without like just talking to somebody like that would be i just need like a one week reset and then i'll be back right it could be difficult maybe difficult for someone every day waking up every day and having to talk and deal with people but that this church, this is something that we must be all in on because it is the way that God designed us. And the reason we don't feel that all the time is because of the fall of the world. It takes effort. They were devoted. It says in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves. It doesn't come easy. It says they devoted themselves. It was devotion. It was it's an act of worship to wake up this morning and say, I'm going to go to church and worship with my church family. That's devotion. That's an act of worship to get up and to do what God has called us to do. Yes, it's sacrifice. Guess what? That's what the Bible calls us to do. Romans 12, Paul says, to present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship. It's beautiful that we, we get to partake in life together, in fellowship, the gathering of the saints, the reading and proclaiming of His Word, the singing of songs and praises, to our Lord. It takes effort. See, I'm not, I'm not big on learning new card games. Any card game fans out there? No? No one likes card games around here? Uno, like anything? Like, I'm sure we could come up with something. Um, anyways, I don't like learning uh, the new card-based games. Um, like, not new, like, made in 2020, but, like, new to me. Because um, typically what happens is I get smoked for a long time at that game. I just end up getting beat once I figure it out. Um, there's really no way around it unless it's Texas Hold'em, um, which I've, I've gotten decent at because I just smile all the time and people can't figure out if you're joking or not. And sometimes I end up with pocket aces and they're like, I don't believe him. So I end up winning, right? Uh, whatever uh, we're playing for, usually back home is a belt buckle. But there's this one game, Chinese poker. Anybody ever heard of it? No? No one? I hadn't either and I wish I'd never heard of it. It's the worst. So a good friend of mine uh, from back home in West Virginia decided that you know, we need to start playing games. We used to play like Texas Hold'em on an app, and that was our way of just connecting, fellowshipping with one another. And he said, you know what, we're, we're playing this new game. It's called Open Face Chinese Poker, or OFC if you ever see it short, otherwise known as uh, Pineapple. It's like one of those games that has a million names. Anyways, he tried to get me to like, play the game, right? So I downloaded it. He'd like, been trying for a while. I downloaded the app so we could play... And I don't have fun on it at all. 
I hate that game. It's like strategy based. Like you've got like three lines and you've got to like get like the best set up top, but your set up top can't be better than your middle set. And then your middle set can't be better than your bottom set or else um, the app will drop a bomb on it. And that tells you that you did horrible um, and you just lost a bunch of fake money. Uh, so I don't like it. But the point I'm getting at with this is that I keep playing. Why? Because I enjoy my friendship. I enjoy the friendship I share with my brother from back home. I enjoy being able to spend that time with him, even if we're just like, you know, sitting in a chat room while we're like playing those games. Life gets hectic sometimes, right? Both have kids. It's like, how are we going to be able to like continue building this friendship? So I, I make some sacrifice and I say like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. You see, the truth is that we devote ourselves to much less, uh, much less meaningful things and get nothing out of it, and if we go against the very Word of God, we devote ourselves to much less meaningful things. But fellowship, particularly biblical fellowship, is something God made us for. So, so if we can make time and say, like, I don't like this game, but I'll do it for the sake of getting to hang out with my friend that I don't get to hang out with much anymore, how much more should we be doing to connect with our brothers and sisters in Christ, who Christ paid that price so that we could connect? the way we were designed we were we were made for creation or for connection we were created for connection and look at this verse three it's not just with one another it says and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ let me read all of verse three again that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Our most meaningful relationships, our most important relationships in this life are the ones that are built around the Gospel. You can't prove each other wrong on that, as long as you're on that side. That we were created for connection. And our most important relationships in this life are the ones that revolve and are built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, we together are to gather, build one another up, encourage each other, edify one another, serve our communities, and so on. And see, that can sound like a secular friendship, right? Like with my friend who doesn't go to church, we, could, we should gather together and hang out, right? Build one another up. We should obviously be kind, right? Encourage one another, edify, like correct a little bit, like if I've got a friend who's like not a believer who's, you know, like not being good in a certain area of life. Like I'd call it out like, hey, like this is the way we should live. We should serve our communities, right? And a lot of people go out and do community service. It's pretty basic and so on. But for Christians, for us, for our family, our church family, connected by the blood of Jesus, we would enjoy the fellowship of one another because we have fellowship with the Father. That we are actually gathering together around God's word. We are actually building one another up in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are encouraging one another to good works, as the Scriptures say, edifying one another in the ways of the Lord, serving our communities so that Christ may be exalted. Some of our dearest friendships may truly be lacking in that they are not built on the foundation of Jesus. And the sad truth is that could be friendships that we have in our church, but rarely talk about the gospel truths that apply to our everyday life. See, we may share some vested interest 
of church and even share church membership at the same place of worship. However, we should be intentional to build our fellowships around the God who saves us, intentionally asking our brothers and sisters in Christ how their life is going, challenging them by God's Word. Some of the greatest friends I have have been the hardest friends in my life. Because they challenge me, not in their own way of understanding, not in their, their own experience of life, but in the Word of God that has been changing them. We should pray for one another, care for one another, bear one another's burdens, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Look, I love my family, right? Like, it's what I was saying earlier is like, that's one of the biggest things for like the Christmas season for me is, is that I get to typically spend time with family. And I've got family who will be up and, and visiting. They want to come see the grandbabies and, and whatnot. And I enjoy that. I love my family. I didn't move four hours away so I could just be away from them. Just that one aunt, right? But there's something about connecting with them, but there's something even more lovable about our church family. There's something even more intimate and meaningful about our church family. And I remember, I think it was actually with uh, Pastor Simon, we were having the conversation one day. He's a family that's all like dispersed across the country. I've got all my family back in West Virginia. And he was asking like what it's like, you know, how like we dealt with having um, a lot of family not around. And luckily, I've got in-laws around, but my biological family, they're all away. And I said, man, I honestly don't know how I would do it without a church family. And we started talking about the, the hope that is actually found in those relationships, not in one another, but in the hope that is built on the gospel, that we connect with one another in a more intimate way. There's no other way to put it. And, and some of you are here worshiping with your family, right? Like with your kids, with, we've got uh, folks, grand, grandparents that come here with their grandbabies, and you get an even more intimate connection with your biological family and your church family. You get to share in that with one another. But the beautiful thing about our church family is that we're connected not by blood, but by, not by our blood, but by the blood of Jesus. Oswald Chambers says this, he says, Human fellowship can go to great lengths, but not all the way. Fellowship with God can go to all lengths. Together we are rooted in our relationship with God. Our fellowship with any human being is great and is a sign of God's design for us to connect. Literally, anybody can experience a little bit of God's design there by connecting with people, by getting married, right? We get to experience pieces of God's design even apart from God because we live in God's created world. But, much greater is our fellowship in the church and with God. So back to the earlier question, how are you connecting with God and with your church family? Now's the easy, easy way out, right? We live in like the, oh, there's a pandemic going on, so I can't like connect with anybody. There's a, a pandemic going on, so I can't, I can't call anybody. There's a pandemic going on, so I can't text anybody. There's a pandemic going on, so I can't email anybody. There's a pandemic going on, so I can't do this or do that. But again, it goes back to the much meaningless, much more meaningless um, relationships, much more, um, much meaningless materials we'll go out and avoid a, a bible study which we don't really have going on right now and we'll, we'll go hang out at 
um, a bar or a coffee shop, and we'll do all these things, and we just never take the time to check in on one another. But we were created for that, so how are we connecting with God and with our church family? In this um, technological age that we live in, there's just no reason that we shouldn't just be caring for one another. It's so easy. Could you imagine the days where you had to like send a letter and like buy your bird and like, go on, hope you get back. Now we can just send a text and we even see if they read it and ignored us, right? Like it's amazing the day that we live in where we can say, hey, they read it. All I can do is just send it out. All I can do is care for them. See, and the important thing, church, is that in this fellowship, in the fellowship with each other and with God, we find the fullness of our joy. Point two, fullness. He explains this. This is the very reason he writes all of this, right? And, and really is getting um, this letter, first letter of John, verse 4. And we are writing these things so that our, what church? Joy may be complete. So we are writing these things so that our joy may be not half full, not half done, but complete. Our fullness, John says, is the reason they are writing these things. His hope is that in our fellowship with God and with one another is that our joy may be complete. Joy that we are connected to one another and all Christians across all time, and most importantly, that we are connected with God and with Christ through the Gospel message. We find joy in so many things. For me, um, it was when uh, Mark and Rose Sherry had, had me over and uh, we were hanging out and it was, we were outside and I was starting to get cold and I see like Rose hanging out and she's got chips and salsa and just like my face just lit up. If you want to know the way to my heart, chips and salsa is quickly like just moved into that place for me. Um, also, chocolate chip cookie dough, uh, cookie dough bites. Uh, can I get a witness? Anybody? No? All right. I know someone's got to like them because they're never there when I go to buy them. So I got to figure out who this person in Medina is. Aubrey even went uh, recently to the rabbit trail, but she got the peanut butter ones and didn't know they were peanut butter. Uh, they were good, but they just weren't the same. So uh, Again, don't tell her that. Uh, she knew it. Anyways, we are, we are um, created for this connection, and this connection leads to joy. Actually, if you, you even look into uh, the Gospel of John, and chapter 15, verse 11, he, he's talking about Jesus' words, and it's almost the same language as um, Jesus says in John 15, 11, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. You see, they didn't have a full understanding of this quite yet, but we, being on this side of the resurrection, having seen everything and, and having the uh, epistles all written down, the gospels written down for our good and for God's glory, we understand that the joy comes from our fellowship with one another and with God. And that by the gospel message and understanding that and being in fellowship with God, again, we can be complete in our joy. We were separated from God, apart from God. We, we sin, we're all born sinners, and we're separated. So the joy is that we're adopted in, not just to a family, but a fellowship. That we have connection, we have uh, intimacy, right? We, we deeply know God, and we should deeply know one another. And it's in that understanding, it's in the Gospel, in our love for the Lord, that our joy
John 16, 24. He even told them, he said, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Church, I don't know if you're, you're feeling like you're out of joy, you're out of gas, your tank is empty, your spirit is just down. But draw near to the Lord. Ask in His name. Recognize Him who saved you if indeed you've believed in the Gospel and find joy. See, it's not enough to just be joyful on moments of, of salvation, on moments of baptism, but church, we should be celebrating sanctification. We should, be, we should be celebrating each and every step a believer makes in their faith, and we should be correcting that which ways they go wrong and go astray. And that goes for your pastors here. We're not perfect. We struggle. It's a process. But if we just give in and say, well, we live in a fallen world and we'll figure it out at the end, then we're wrong. We are to begin living as God has called us to live here and now. On earth as in heaven. Amen, church? Let us find that joy by seeking the fellowship first with God and then with each other. Ben, if you want to come back up. The question I just want to leave us with is the one that we started with. How... Let me rephrase it now. How are you going to start connecting with God and with your church family? How are we going to start connecting with God and our church family? This is a way. So we can pat ourselves on the back and say this is a time where we devoted ourselves to getting up and most importantly devoted ourselves to the Word and the fellowship with one another. But it's not a Sunday thing. It's not just the Lord's Day. Every day belongs to the Lord. Every breath of ours um, is, is due to the Lord. Every praise that we, we let out of our mouth should be to the Lord and unto the Lord. As we draw near to Him, let us draw near to each other and praise Him because this is the way that He created us.